Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Hi, everybody. Y'all ready for a little March Madness? Hey, I'm doing a little throwback. I'm, a, I'm an old-school Orlando Magic fan with Shaquille O'Neal. You know what I'm saying? I got a little no, Shaquille O'Neal jersey, which has nothing to do with college basketball. But, hey, we're still rocking basketball this month. Hey, I want to do something real quick before I bring today's message. And, uh, man, I'm so thrilled you're here, so excited for uh, this series and really what it means to our lives. Because at the end of the day, we're learning how to build a championship life. And we're going to be really just outlining some important steps that I think we can execute in our everyday lives in order to achieve that championship life. Now, one of the things that I believe is so vitally important, I believe that Everybody needs a little playing time, you know what I mean? I mean, it's no fun to, you know, suit up and just to go to practice. I mean, at some point, you want to get in a game, you know what I'm saying? At some point, you want to get off the bench and you actually want to go get some playing time. So I've asked our ushers if they would help me out. They're going to pass something out to you. It's a little card. And I'm going to ask that between now and really the end of the service, when uh, we come to the time of uh, receiving our offering, uh, that will give you an opportunity to fill it out and drop it in the offering bucket at the end of the service. But you'll notice at the top it says March Madness, and then it says everyone needs some playing time. And uh, what we would encourage you to do is be thinking about something today and really even over the next couple of weeks because this whole series culminates at the end of the month. We're actually doing something and we're calling it Draft Day. Now our Draft Day really is kind of twofold in that, number one, uh, it's an opportunity for us to reach out to our friends. Really we're kind of building that as a, as a very special day as far as a friend day. So we're, we're enlisting our friends. It's a Draft Day opportunity for us to invite our friends. We're going to have giveaways. I mean, we're talking like magic tickets, a lot of fun giveaways, door prizes, different things like that we're doing. So that's happening on the last Sunday of this month. And as a matter of fact, it's also Jersey Day. We would encourage you to wear your favorite game, your favorite team jersey on that day. So it's going to be an incredible, incredible opportunity. Invite our friends, get them here. And then out in the courtyard, we are also going to have just all kinds of cool things set up. Um, the kids can play basketball. Adults can play basketball. But here's the cool thing. On that particular day, the last Sunday of this month, with draft day in mind, we're also, we're also signing up new team members. In other words, what you're getting on that little card is an opportunity for you to also participate. You can join a team. You can meet, listen, the team the, the team members on those specific teams. You can put faces and names with people. You can have uh, answers to questions that maybe you've been thinking about. But this is an opportunity for you to really begin making a difference. We want everybody to find a place where they can begin serving, making a difference. And let me tell you one of the reasons why this is so timely and important is because 
Easter is right around the corner. Can you believe that? Man, we're just a few weeks away from uh, what I consider to be the greatest day um, in, in all of history, obviously, is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And what an incredible opportunity for us um, to be fully prepared, to be ready. We want to suit up new teammates, and we want to all contribute so that we can make the greatest impact that we possibly can. You guys excited? It's going to be an awesome, awesome time. So... Make sure you fill that out and uh, be uh, just asking God what he would have you do. Well, we um, began last week with March Madness as it relates to learning how to study God's playbook. I think it's very important when you think about understanding how to live out a championship life. Obviously, one of the first things you do is you got you to learn the playbook. And God's book, his playbook, is the most important playbook that we can, we can obviously apply to our lives. And I don't know if you, how many of you may have been here last week, but we learned five things. We learned the importance of, um, really, if you, in, fact, in fact, if you can remember, you can repeat it out loud with me. But first of all, you got to hear, you got to hear the word of God. You not only have to hear it, but you got to read it. And then we not only have to read it, but we got to study it. And after we study it, we got to memorize it. And after we memorize it, this is, the, this, is, this is the kicker right here. We got to live it. We got to apply it. You know what I'm saying? And so last Sunday, we talked about the importance of learning God's playbook. Well, today, we're going to learn how to talk with the coach. Now, I don't know if you maybe have ever experienced something like this, but I know for me personally, there have been countless situations, circumstances in my life, where I was approaching God, and I began to pray, and here's what I did. I basically lofted a prayer up to God, and there was no response. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever just like lofted a prayer up to God, a need, a desire, maybe a situation, a circumstance, and you're sitting there lofting prayer after prayer up to God, but for whatever reason, maybe you don't get the answer to what you're asking God for. Maybe there's a season of silence. Maybe there is just that, just that moment of wondering, is God even hearing my prayer? And the problem is, is a lot of times we begin to question whether our prayers are even, even working. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to learn specifically how to talk to the coach because there's a right way in other words, there's an attitude or a posture of our heart that really has to be right in order for us to receive answers to our prayers. And so we're going to look at four of those today. Now, if you have your, uh, your app, I would highly encourage you to take it out and follow along. Of course, we'll have the verses on the screen. There's some notes that I want to encourage you to take down today. And what's interesting is that we're going to be, um, we're going to be hearing about a story. We're going to learn from a story today that in many ways kind of echoes what I just emphasized. I never forget when I was a sophomore in high school, I was, I was really frustrated because when I played basketball on our high school basketball team, at this time I was a, I was a, I was a sophomore but also was on the JV. So you got junior varsity and you have varsity. 
And usually the varsity uh, team pretty much made, it was mainly made up of, of uh, juniors and seniors. And, and I'll never forget, um, I personally, uh, you know, kind of had a little biased opinion about myself. You know, I, I thought I was like the man. I thought I was, I was, I was, I thought I was the guy, you know, that needed to, to have, you know, all the playing time. I thought I should have been starting. And I was getting really frustrated because I wasn't getting any playing time, playing time. So I started, you know, griping and complaining and talking to my friends you know, on the team. Like, man, I wonder what's up. Coach will never put me in. And so I went home. You know, I'm griping and complaining to my parents about, you know, Coach, I don't know what the problem is. Coach, coach guess Coach doesn't like me. Coach, you know, Coach never puts me in. I don't get any playing time. I was just riding the bench. And I forget my friends and even my parents. They said, you just need to go talk to the coach. So here's what I did. You know, back then, you didn't, like, text the coach. You know, back then, you know, you didn't email him. You had to actually go talk to him. And I'll never forget, before the practice one day, I approached the coach and said, Hey, coach, I said, uh, is there any way I could have a word with you after practice today? And he said, sure. He said, after, uh, after we're done, he said, just meet me in, meet me in my office. I never forget, I was so nervous. I was a nervous wreck during, during the, the basketball game, and excuse me, during the basketball practice. And so after practice, I went into my coach's office. And so uh, the coach finally came in, shut the door behind him. He said, all right, Gage, what you got? I mean, I was like, I was just like shaking in my boots. And so I looked at the coach. I said, coach, I just need to know, coach, why am I not getting any playing time? I never forget, the coach looked at me. He said, Gage? So he called me and said, Gage, he said, let me tell you what you need to do. He said, first of all, he said, you need to keep working hard. And he said, your time is coming. And I thought he was going to like expound on that. And that's all he said. He said, Gage, he said, you need to keep working hard. He said, your time is coming. He said, all right. He said, that's all I got time for. I walked out the coach's office that day and I'm like, I didn't know if I was supposed to be encouraged or discouraged. You know what I'm saying? And have you ever found yourself in that situation spiritually where you're praying and you're asking God for something, and you're believing God for something, and you're praying and you're just like lobbing prayer after prayer after prayer, and for whatever reason, you're not getting any response, especially the response you were hoping for, or maybe you were, you were counting on, and therefore, spiritually speaking, sometimes you begin to question, okay, am I supposed to be encouraged by this or discouraged by this? Because it is, it, God hasn't necessarily said yes, nor has he necessarily said no. So like, what am I supposed to do? Well, this is kind of a similar situation by two people by the name of Zechariah and Elizabeth. And in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 1, if you have uh, your Bibles, you can follow along with me. I'm going to read, I'm just going to tell you up front, it's a rather lengthy passage of Scripture. And uh, so I want you to follow along. The verses will be uh, behind me here. But in Luke chapter 1, looking at verses 5 through 25, when Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah. And his wife, Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive. And they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple 
for his order was on duty that week. And as the custom of the priest, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. And while the incense was burning, was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. And while Zechariah was in the sanctuary, the angel of the Lord appeared up to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him, but the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Notice Zechariah's response. Zechariah said to the angel, well, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Men, take note of that statement there. That's just a good way to say that, all right? He was being very diplomatic about his wife. So, with that in mind. The angel said, I am Gabriel, and I stand in the very presence of God. It was, it, it, it was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled, notice, at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he had taken so long. And when he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision of the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. And then soon after his wife Wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. Pretty interesting and amazing story when you think about it. Because here are two individuals just like you and me who basically had a desire within their heart. And it was a very common desire. It was a desire to have children. And there was nothing wrong about their desire. There was nothing wrong about what they were praying and asking God for. They simply desired to have children. As you can imagine, as parents, they just wanted to have a child. And so they pray and they pray. They're lobbing prayer after prayer up to God. But for whatever reason, year after year after year goes by and there's no response. And so we pick up four things here that we're going to learn from this particular story. Really four attitudes when it comes to really understanding and receiving answers to our prayers from our coach, from God. 
So if you take a note, the first is this. We need to let God answer in his own time. I think this is so important. And the reason why is because for a lot of us, we have a tendency sometimes to, to think that when we ask God for something, he's supposed to respond immediately. Especially when we believe there's a sense of urgency. Or when we believe there's a great deal of importance. Or whether maybe something is very serious that's kind of hanging in the balance. And so we're praying, we're asking God for something. But yet at the same time, we're not getting a response. And so what is our response? What is our reaction? What is our attitude to be? Our attitude really is to stand before God with simply open hands, with with basically arms raised, simply saying, God, I am willing to receive whatever your answer is, and I'm willing to wait for your response. And that's very, very difficult to do. As a matter of fact, unfortunately for Zechariah, this was a situation that caused him over time to grow very skeptical. In other words, he began, he and his wife both, I'm sure, began to get very weary of praying this particular prayer because after praying it over and over and over and never getting a response, never seeing the heart's desires fulfilled over the course of time, they began to quit praying the prayer. In other words, they just gave up. In fact, we even see in the next, in in verse 18 in Luke chapter 1. So Zechariah said to the angel, because when the angel approached him and basically said, hey, the Lord has heard your prayer, you're you're going to get this prayer answered. And here's Zechariah's response. He said, well, how can I be sure this is going to happen? Because I'm old. I'm an old man now. In other words, he's saying, hey, angel, look at me right here. Look at this boy. It's not like I'm Rico Suave here. You know what I'm saying? It's not like my wife is Ariana Grande. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, like, it's like, look, hey, we're way beyond childbearing age here. I'm an old dude. So you're saying that my wife is going to now give birth, that she's going to conceive? This something doesn't make sense. He's looking for proof. And what's interesting is that in verse 13, the angel said to him, God has heard your prayer. Now, what's crazy about that is the tense of that particular word, heard, simply means it already happened. So what that tells you and me is that when when Zachariah and Elizabeth were praying and they were asking God to, to give them a child, oh, God heard their prayer from the very beginning. God heard their first prayer. God knew the desire of their heart. But God had a different plan. And because God had a different plan, his response was not necessarily no, but yet his response was not now. And I think the important principle for us to learn here today, no matter what it is that you're believing God for, what you're praying for, what you're asking God for, and it may be important, it may be, listen, it may be urgent, it might be something that's, that's a good thing, but at the end of the day, we got to understand that God has a different way of working. And as a result, because God knows things that we don't know, he sees things that we don't see, God may say, no, I hear your prayer, but the timing is not right. And that's very, very difficult for us sometimes to accept. It's kind of like when you're pushing your, you know, your, your grocery cart. And if you are a parent, how many, how many parents, if you're a parent, let me see your hand, if you're a parent here. You ever push your grocery cart and you're going down the, you know, the snacks and the, and the cookie and the candy aisle at the grocery store. 
And your child sees all their favorite cookies and all the snacks, and you're putting the snack, you're getting the snack, you're getting the cookies, and you're putting them in the basket. And what does the child want? The child wants the snack. The child wants the cookie. Not later, now. They want that snack now. And as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact they'll let everybody know in public that they want that snack right now. You know what I'm saying? Man, you talk about drama. Man, they go, I mean, it's like, man, they'll, they'll jump out of the, the grocery cart. Man, they'll, they'll pitch a fit. They'll get out on the floor. I mean, they'll go ballistic. You know why? Because they want that cookie now. And it's the challenge sometimes of a parent who's trying to teach their child the difference between no and not yet. And that's very difficult when we're believing God for something or asking God for something. And even though it may be a good thing and it's a sincere thing. And listen, we, we, we believe that, listen, it's going to benefit so many different people. But God is saying, I get it, I understand it, and I hear your prayer. But you need to learn the lesson between no and not yet. Because God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. And so you got to realize that, you know what, God may be delaying things for a reason. Why? Because he's working a different plan. And so therefore, what we're convinced related to what our plan A is, that we're convinced is best, it's the best plan. God is saying, look, you may be looking at plan A, but your plan B was actually my plan A. Because God, again, sees things from a different perspective. He knows what you don't know. He sees what you don't see. And he's working behind scenes to accomplish his good, his, his pleasing, and his perfect will. And it all requires faith. But you know how you spell faith? Let me spell it for you. It's spelled P-A-T-I-E-N-C-E. Patience. Which is one of the hardest lessons that we could ever learn in our spiritual life. And so when you think about it, the challenge is, is that when we pray and we ask God for something, oh, he hears us immediately. But he may have a delay because he has a greater plan that he's working. I can't tell you how many times I've prayed and asked God that he would give us land. But here's the thing. God can Listen, God, God can do whatever he wants to do. He hears our prayers. Man, I've prayed that countless times. God, we're, we're praying for land. But here's the thing. You may be praying for something specific. And there's nothing wrong with that. We need to keep persisting in prayer. We need to keep asking. We need to keep knocking. We need to, listen, we need, we need to keep pursuing it. So don't quit. Don't bail before the breakthrough. But here's the thing. The thing is, God may be intentionally delaying the process. You know why? Because he's working behind scenes. He's stacking the deck. He's getting the right people at the right place at the right time to accomplish his better plan. And what you got to realize is this. The same is true with you. But in the process of waiting... You know what God is maybe expecting you to do? He's expecting you to keep working, 
to keep praying, to keep serving, to keep giving, to keep believing. Listen, it might be that there is something in you that God wants to change before he's going to change your marriage. Maybe there's something about you that God wants to use to grow and to prepare you, to mature you, to set you up for greater success before he opens that door of opportunity for you to walk through. So God has heard our prayer, but maybe there is an intentionality when it comes to him waiting and the reason why he wants us to wait is because he's still working on us in the process. Number two. So the first attitude is when we're talking to the coach is we got to let God answer in his own time, but we also got to let God answer in his own way. So it's not just a matter of whenever, but it's also a matter of however God chooses to respond to our prayers. In Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, I love this. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. You know what that means? Not only does God know more than what we know, and he sees more than what we see, But usually what we're asking God for and usually what we're believing God for is so much smaller and less than what God is capable of actually doing. For example, oh, we could pray for land and we could set aside money for land, which we're doing. And let me just pause and say this. The pace of our vision is 100% dependent upon the pace of of our giving, our generosity, because that's all a part of the process. But God, if he chose to, he might say, hey, keep doing that. But even in the midst of the service, if God chose to, he could send somebody through that back door and say, hey, I got good news. I got a $10 million check I'd like to bless Rethink Life Church. Oh, yeah, come on, somebody. You talk about, I'd be on, I'd be on Fox, CNN, I'd be on Headline News, I'd be, man, we'll be throwing a party like nobody's business. I'm telling you, I mean, we're going to party like it's 2020, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like, that would be, God could do that. God could do that. As a matter of fact, let me tell you something else God could do. God could say, oh, forget that. Somebody literally could come walk through these doors and say, hey. I got a track of land, prime time real estate. I just, God's put it upon my heart to donate it to Rethink Life Church. Come on, somebody. Come on. God can do whatever he chooses to do. Whatever door you think is closed and slammed. Listen, God can make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. God can do what you can't. And so we got to realize that God has the ability to do things as he sees fit. Now the question is, why in the world did God delay 
for all of those years when it came to the desire of the heart of Elizabeth and Zechariah when it came to asking God for them to conceive, for, for them to have a child. Let me tell you the reason why. God could have heard, listen, God heard their prayer and God could have responded immediately by answering their prayer. She could have got pregnant, they could have had a child, and it would have been a wonderful child, a little Jewish baby boy, baby girl. They could have had a, an amazing child and they would have done an amazing job as parents and they would have been blessed and the life would have went on and everybody was happy. It could have been great. Nothing wrong with all that. But why did God delay for all of those years? He heard their prayer, but why did he delay? Let me tell you why. They were praying for a baby boy. They were praying for a child. But guess what God said? That's great you're praying that. That's great you're believing that. But rather than giving you a child, I'm going to give you John the Baptist. So here's the thing. You say, John the Baptist, why not John the Methodist? Or John the Church of Christ? Or John the, you know, whatever. So, and by the way, you know why he was called John the Baptist? Because he was known as being the baptizer, the baptizo. He was the guy who was out in the Jordan baptizing those who were embracing the message. You know, John the Baptist was the forerunner. He was the one whom God blessed in the womb of Elizabeth and said, I'm not only giving you a baby, I'm giving you the last prophet who will actually see all the prophecies fulfilled that Jesus the Messiah is coming. And therefore, listen, what God wants to teach us sometimes is this. What we're praying for and what we're asking for, God is saying, I'm going to give you something bigger and I'm going to give you something better because I have a bigger plan and it's greater than your plan. So don't quit. Don't bail before the breakthrough. Remember what we learned in the first month of January, our Imagine 2020? Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. So God can do bigger, immeasurably more than we could ever even imagine it, wrap our minds around. Why? Because when we pray and we ask God for things, God is going to give us the answer, but He's going to respond in His own timing, and God is going to respond in His own way. But thirdly, we have to let God answer in His own power. In other words, we need to get out of the way and let God do His thing. Is the tendency sometimes to say, okay, God, I'm going to ask you for this and I'm going to believe you for this, but because I know you might need my help, I'm going to help you by making things happen. I know people. I'll call so-and-so. We'll work out a deal. We'll make it happen. And that all sounds great. Yeah, we want to be intentional. Yeah, we want to be proactive. But sometimes we screw things up because we're trying to take matters in our own hands. Sometimes we're trying to do it our way rather than patiently waiting for God's way. Now here's a bigger question. Why in the world did God allow all of those years, all of those years to go by 
before he actually responded and answered to the request of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Which is interesting. Because that's a legitimate question. I'm going to tell you why. Because God was allowing time to go by so that an impossible situation could be solved. Now keep in mind, Elizabeth and Zechariah were now way beyond childbearing years. Now, if they were rocking it in their 20s or 30s, okay, no big deal. But when you get in your 80s and your 90s, okay, and you get pregnant and you have a child, now that's a game changer, right? I mean, that's headline news. That, that's, like, it, well, that's not supposed to happen. And that's exactly what God wanted to happen. God wanted to wait until it was humanly, physically impossible. You know why? Because he wanted to show up and let people know, look what I can do. Let me tell you something. Before there was ever a miracle, there first had to be a problem. And for some of you here today, you're facing mountains, you're facing problems. And I promise you, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been walking with the Lord for a long time. And I've also come to realize this little prayer tip. Let me tell you something. It gets darker before it gets brighter. Sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. Why is that? Because sometimes, once again, God is testing our faith. And when it gets hard and it gets dark and it gets confusing and complicated and chaotic, that's when we want to walk out on God. That's when we want to quit. That's when we want to give up and throw in the towel. But don't bail before the breakthrough. Because listen, light, listen, shines brightest even in the darkest of moments. And there is light on the other side. We're going to get through it no matter what it is we're facing. You ever wondered why? God even answers prayer to begin with? Let me tell you, two reasons. One, for your growth. In other words, God wants you to benefit. God wants you to have the blessings. God wants you to receive the gifts. God wants you to experience His goodness. He's come to give you life and experience it to the full. So He wants you to, he wants you to live a blessed life. But not only does he answer prayer for your growth and for your benefit, but ultimately for his glory. You remember the story of Lazarus in the Bible? Lazarus was the brother of two sisters, Mary and Martha. You probably have heard of these two sisters. And uh, Mary and Martha, uh, they were close with Jesus. And Jesus was very close friends to, um, to, to Lazarus. And as a matter of fact, there's only three times in all the Bible where Jesus actually was recorded of, of crying, weeping, shedding tears. And one of those was at the grave of Lazarus. But here's what's interesting. Lazarus was really deathly ill. And so um, Mary and Martha, the sisters, had sent word to Jesus. Jesus was several miles away. And they had sent an urgent message to get Jesus because they wanted Jesus to come. And they wanted to, to heal. They wanted Jesus to come and, and to heal Lazarus. And so when the messenger showed up and told Jesus, hey, hey, Mary and Martha sent me for you, Lazarus, he's dying, and they need you. They need you now. Well, Jesus didn't just pack his bags and go with them. You know what he did? He waited. And not only did he wait, he waited one day, he waited two days, 
He waited three days. He was just a few miles away, but it took him over three days to get to Lazarus' house. So after three days, Jesus shows up at Lazarus' house and his sisters are like, where have you been? We sent people for you. We told them to tell you that Lazarus is dying. He's sick and now he's dead and you show up four days later? In other words, they're rebuking God. They're literally rebuking the Son of God because he didn't listen, because he didn't come quick enough, because he didn't answer their plea fast enough. And now Lazarus is dead, and Jesus intentionally, purposefully waited for three days. You know why? To demonstrate something to everybody who was watching. And here's what it was What is easier? What is more common? Here, curing someone who is sick or raising a dead person back to life. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus waited to the last possible moment where, humanly speaking, it was over. The lights were out. He is now dead. And that's exactly when Jesus showed up. You know why? Because everybody had walked out and quit and said, it's too late, won't ever work. He's dead. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. Lazarus, come forth. And as a result, a dead man was raised back to life. So God can do the same for you. So whatever broken dream, whatever lost dream that maybe you've thrown in the towel and you've quit and you've stopped praying and you said, God just didn't hear my prayer and God just doesn't care. If he really loved me, he would do this. And if God really cared, he would have done that. And you know, God, we go into our little pity party, but here at the end of the day, God is going to answer us in his own timing, in his own way, and in his own power. And lastly, for his own purpose. And this is so important. I'm going to close with this. Because I think sometimes we want to we want to question God along the way when God is not prepared, when God is not responding and seemingly answering our prayers. But again, God has a plan and he has a purpose. There's a purpose for the delay. Again, God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. It's not a no. It's maybe just a not yet. I'm still working behind the scenes. I'm still lining things up. I'm still waiting on you to make some changes. I'm waiting for you to grow. I'm waiting for you to mature. I'm waiting for you to position yourself and to get yourself ready until I'm going to step in. And when I step in, it's going to be the perfect timing because there's a greater purpose. There's a more important cause that I want to fulfill. And you know what that was for Elizabeth and Zechariah? It says it right there in verse 17. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and he will cause those who were rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. God had a greater purpose. Listen, they were praying for a baby boy, but God was saying, no, 
I'm going to give you a man of God who's going to be used by me, God is saying. He's going to be the voice in the wilderness. He's going to be the one who's going to give the warning and to proclaim the coming Messiah. And Jesus is going to come to earth. And when he comes to earth, he's going to be the spotless, sinless Lamb of God who's going to spill his blood and die on a cross for the sins of the world. And three days later, after they put his body in his tomb, he's going to be raised back to life to show all of humanity that God, that I am God and I can do what I choose to do. And there's a purpose because people are lost and they need to be saved. And my son Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. No one comes to the Father except through him. And so God has a plan and he has a purpose and he's working his plan. And you are a part of that plan. You're a part of that process. So you just got to be reminded that today, hey, when you are talking with the coach and you are lobbing prayer after prayer after prayer up to God, and you know what? When your request is not right, God is going to say no. But when you lob up a prayer and you're making a request and you're not right, God is going to say, grow. And when you lob up prayer after prayer and God's timing is not right, He's going to say, slow. But when everything lines up according to God's plan, he's going to say, go. You know why? Listen, because God's good and pleasing and perfect will is always right on time. And so today, the next time you talk to the coach, our Heavenly Father Spiritually speaking, you're head coach of your life. When it comes to living a championship life, yeah, we got to learn the playbook, but we got to live the playbook. And when we pray and we talk to the coach in prayer and in faith, guess what? We got to let him answer in his timing, in his way, in his power, and for his purpose. Does this help anybody today? All right. Well, let's pray. Let's talk to the coach. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.